In this episode of Act Natural, we're talking about working on your business versus working in your business. Being a busy bee, just working all the time, spinning your wheels. We're talking about lemonade stands. We're talking about the hobbits. We're talking about the time that we had to pay someone for unemployment or almost did. We're talking about people quitting. We're talking about improvements. Improvements on your business so you can make it sustainable and be able to leave it one day. Okay. This is that Natural. With John and Corey. That's it. Are you ready to leave your nine to five? What does it take to start a side hustle? How are people making a living from the internet? Act Natural with John and Courtney is here with real stories and honest answers about what it takes to balance work life and family time. This lifestyle podcast explores the entrepreneurial culture in a practical way. Let's shatter that perfect vision of people on Instagram and break down the myths of what you really need to finally start. Tune in to hear these two millennials balance their six businesses, nonprofit, small town politics, and a new baby who refuses to sleep through the night. This is Act Natural with John and Courtney. And we're back with Act Natural with John and Courtney. And today we are going to talk about working in your business. Yeah. And we're going to talk about working on your business. We're talking about business time. Business talk. Here we go. Business talk. So, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the importance of having a business checkup. What's a business checkup? Evaluating uh, your numbers, your labor versus sales, seeing the staff morale, doing a basic uh, numbers analysis to see um, if you're meeting the right like numbers to operate your business, checking your waste logs to see if you're wasting out too much of an item, looking at the uh, consumers' response to what you've been marketing. Yeah. So here's a practical example. You know, we are in a transition of lemonade and hot chocolate. Yeah. It's all seasonality, right? Mm-hmm. It's all based upon a season. Um, so when it starts to get colder, all of our like lemonade sales goes down, they and that has to be watched so we don't waste a bunch of lemons. Um, in Martin Coffee House, in our coffee shop, and really we have to switch over to chocolate. So I got to make sure I have enough chocolate in stock, mm-hmm. but not too much to restrict cash flow, and then I need to make sure that I don't buy lemons coming up on a season Mm -hmm. Um, and so that goes back to the data that we have with square Um, we use square pos systems for all of our like um, businesses and that really allows us to see the category sales the item sales specifically at what times they sell and when they start going down Mm -hmm. so like we have two years of data now we're on our third year of operating with martin coffee house i know the dates that lemons go down therefore i don't place an order for lemons past that date and i don't waste that so a checkup for your business is really understanding the analytics of how your business runs. That way you're not wasting a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And I would say that labor is the biggest killer. And the magic number for us, for a business like ours, and really a lot of restaurant industry businesses, it is 30%, right? So your total earnings of the day, the total earnings of that whole month um, cannot exceed 30% of And that's labor. gross. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's gross sales of like your, your labor. So, uh, so I know. So, like, when we're making the schedules, I set a budget based upon the average of how much we're going to take in that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I say, okay, what's 30% of that? Therefore, I cannot exceed this much inside of my labor cost. I staff for that much. If they get busier, they got to work harder, right? And there's always a balance of that. But most of the time, restaurants are overstaffed. Uh, they got too many people going on. 
and they're not raising the morale of their group to get more productivity out of their employees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people don't want to just be standing there, you know, and if you have people that want to just stand in your business, you got to get those guys out of there first. I think maybe that's I the just first checkup. I just understand this shift. Well, Is it's that been okay? a lot. I Can mean, I just stand? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like employees that we've had that didn't last that long. They just wanted to stand around. Like they just they they thought that would be a chill coffee shop, um, a consumer environment, right? Like we provide a very relaxing place for mm-hmm. people who come into our shop. It's accomplished by our employees, like very quickly working to make their drinks and to clean up everything and to stay on all the dishes in the back I tell baking people everything that, i tell people that on um job interviews you know all right like they'll be like yeah like, i'm like why do you want to work here they're like oh i just love the environment a and chill the place vibe. to work and i'm like that's cool i love it too and let me tell you right now if you want to work here the only way that we're able to achieve that environment is because people are busting their butts 110% behind the counter. The counter. Yeah. And they're making it chill out here yeah. because they're on top of their and game. And their attitudes there. can't be frantic. Right. A lot of times, like, we have people who, like, freak out because, you know, there'll be 20 people in line. They'll have a bunch of drinks. And they're like, oh, I've got to make, like, a chicken salad sandwich. And what do uh, I do? What do I do? Uh, and their attitude, like, reflects a, like, frantic energy, mm-hmm. if you will. And that's, you know, does not inspire confidence inside of like the coffee shop so it hinders their you know experience mm-hmm. and it's always like bothered to me it's like when you're checking up on your business you're, you're reevaluating, you know how your customer is feeling what the customer feedback going through google yeah. reviews like on square it's really great we're not being paid to say anything by square I just really like square oh wow we should They're, think about that hey square shout uh, out yeah like they have a way where people can leave um, like comments and sort of like constructive criticism, like happy face, sad face. On it's the easiest feedback system. Yeah, absolutely. It is like on their receipt. So they're able to do that. And a lot of times, like if people have a, a grievance or they had a poor experience, that kind of saves us. Like they will write in, I will issue a refund or mm-hmm. I'll, I'll message them back. And that kind of keeps it off of Google, mm-hmm. right? Because um, most of our reviews are great on Google. We're at five stars on Facebook and I think 4.7 on on Google, I had this one lady leave us a review because we only donated 10 cents a cup. And it was a three-star review. Like, I love the atmosphere, super great staff, but I don't really like that they only donate 10 cents. I was like, screw you, lady. Like, number one, <laughs> it's way more than 10 cents. And it's not just coffee. It's like it's items. Item. It's really like we're getting close to 10%. And I was thinking like, hey, you know, maybe we should adjust the way that we market this. Maybe we should start saying a percentage or a portion. And that was an example of like checking up on our business, like evaluating where, where, where we were, <laughs> oh my gosh, evaluating where we were at mm-hmm. and saying, hey, you know, there's a lack of communication. But like you right. said, it always goes back to how the customer is feeling. It's very important. Um, you were talking about on register and acting frantic. Uh, I just remember this moment in the middle of the soybean chaos. We just had our Tennessee soybean festival here in Martin, Tennessee, and it was bananas busy on Monday, especially on Labor our Day. Labor Day. Mm-hmm. That, was our, that was our highest sales day of the year. And we had uh, a line out the door, and like I'm talking the back door, and it was crazy. And at one point, like the lady came up to me and she's just like, you know, she's frantic because she knows that how busy we are. Right. And I just put my elbows on the counter and just look at her and I say, hey, you made it. 
what can I get started for you? Yeah. Because it seemed like she thought, I've got to hurry. I've got to rush because they're so busy. And it's like, I'm focusing on you. Right. You have waited all this time. We will have your drink shortly. But like she just needed a little bit of a moment. You know what I mean? Well, that's what you're providing for people. And it's like before we got into this big soybean rush, we do double our sales. So like on average, we'll have a week. But on this week every year, it's like our little Olympics. Uh, we'll do literally double what we normally do in a week. And it's very difficult to have the, um, I don't know, I mean, stamina for everybody to just power through all those rushes. And I said, you know, just because there's like 30 people in line mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can work faster because there's X amount of people in line. You should be working as fast as you can all the time, whether there's one or 100. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like employees or people who are working on like shifts like that, We'll see the line. They're like, oh, I have to 30 times my uh, speed because that's how many people are um, in this queue. And that's when you start dropping things. I and then appreciate you that they want it to go faster. But that's whenever you make your mistakes. The thing is, is they're, they're thinking about it backwards. It's like we should already be in a state of efficiency. Yeah. Well, it's, it's that whole concept of like working in your business and then working on it. So like mm-hmm. rope it back around. And for the m- majority of my life, I've worked, I don't know. I feel like I've worked in it. I'm a structured person. I love structure. I love building things, but I also like to work. Mm-hmm. And I love working, working, working. And mm-hmm. so I've started a lot of things, a lot of businesses just to have more to do, have more to work. And of course, they all interconnect and they all have like a, a common goal and a common good. And, and they answer a different question. And they answer a different question. They solve a, a different problem that, mm-hmm. that we're trying to solve. But for so much of like my life, I've been almost overtaken with what I, what I have started and then trying to keep up with the success of it instead of saying, okay, do we need this? Does it like lead to automation like Mm -hmm. are we able to step away from this in two years yeah and then what the motive is my motive changed about a year ago um with like um, us getting pregnant and um henry coming into the world you know my motive sorry to say was very much how big can i build these businesses how much success can we have and then how many libraries can we build can we build a school can we do that we like, were looking into that like how sure. yeah but that was the motive and then when henry came um thought of henry all of this came it was how do i have more time to spend with family mm-hmm. how do i have um oper- like access to just leave for a couple of weeks how can i make it to where i can just leave for a month and live in chicago live in nashville live Tanya, in Knoxville? you got this <laughs> tanya's over there editing something she's editing everything um so what? then so when my motive changed and I, and I would challenge like the difference between like working in and on your business which is i know it's a very generic thing to say but it's just very important yeah is, is it's really always like reevaluating you know why are we doing what we're doing what is the spine yeah reevaluating what is your spine and making sure that those initial goals have been maintained and that everyone is on board and that you have inspired a shared vision. Well, you know, I, I agree with you, Court, but my whole spine has changed. Your spine has changed. A year ago. You had a transplant. Yeah, I had to <laughs> transplant in my spine. It was a very painful process. It was a painful process. Spine transplant. A spine transplant. Some of you need a spine transplant. Some of your goals. Does your business need a spine transplant? Yeah, because like some of your goals are not aligned. Like they're not 
built upon the right principles, just straight up. Like if you're trying to make money to make money, you're going to lose. If you're trying to go start a business to pull out a bunch of stuff and not feature business, it's going to die. Mm -hmm. Like it's the difference between, I love what Gary Vee said one time. Yeah. I sent you that video. I love that video. I he was like just, four times. he was so short. He's like a master of content. But anyway, he was up there speaking and a guy was asking them, how much do you take out of your business? Is it a percentage? Like, what is it? Right. And he's like, you're thinking about this all wrong. Mm -hmm. I take as little as possible. I take a, as little as possible because my motive is not to make a bunch of money. My motive is to like build a business. Mm -hmm. It's like to, to grow it in that way. And you have it, to feed it. And he said, you know, what what is the what is your goal? Like, what is it that you want? Do you want to take all that money? And, you know, like go buy a boat, you know, like he said, is it stuff as a material, is it stuff? He said, you have to ask yourself the question, do I need three pairs of new pants or seven pairs of new pants? Yeah. Do I need, you know, and this if that's new what makes car you happy, or do I need that new boat? And he kept on going down that line. He said, how much do you need? Like how many vacation days do you need? Right. Do you need six vacations? Do you need one. And it's about like, and I guess what we're doing is we're calling it our spawn. It's like what makes you who you are. Like, what do you need in life? What mm -hmm. makes you happy? And for me, that all changed in saying, I want time with family. I want access yeah. to go travel. So I have a bunch of anchors in my life. I got a bunch of, I got real estate that has mortgage payments. I got businesses that require time to be here. So will I continue to walk down the same path pursuing businesses that will inevitably demand more of my time? Mm -hmm. Well, I put it in more of a digital space. Mm -hmm. And that's what I adjusted. That's what we're doing. Like we're adjusting heavily on Fox Weddings mm -hmm. and on Black Wedding Journal. These are online companies. Fernway Fox, media design and production. That's online. I can sell online. Right. I can be wherever. If I have a job in Jackson, I can go drive. If I have a job in Louisiana, I just go, I can go do that. And then like, then types of like membership clubs and like items that you can download for like a practical wedding guide, all of these things that we reevaluated. We looked at our business and said, you know, let's grow something that gives us what we want instead of just starting things and then being a, or like a, a slave to that. Like right. it, we're, you know, we were talking last night and it was like, you know, sometimes you feel, and I definitely feel like my time is not my own. And I don't know how many people think that we just do whatever we want to. I mean, we have our own businesses, but, you know, I am responsible for what I've started. And then I'm also responsible for the people who we employ. And then you're responsible for the overall outcome and the outcome of those employees. And so after we leave and we go home, like, that's still our responsibility. That's still our weight. And, you know, I put in a few hours in the coffee shop every day. But that's, I'm putting in so much more brain power yeah. on the shop. Bandwidth. And bandwidth, yes than physical hours, you know, steaming milk or pulling shots. It's, it's an overall responsibility. Uh, and that makes you tired. But, you know, that's, yeah. it, it's a different kind of, of work and different kind of responsibility. I just wonder what all the motives are. Like, I know right now this entrepreneurial, like, kick is really high right now. I feel it's like everyone's motive right now is, like, be your own boss. Money, money, money. I don't know why, though. Set I don't, your own hours. It doesn't really work that way, though. Like, setting your own hours... That's never been a thing. I, I don't feel like a, we're our own bosses. I feel like the government's our boss. Because <laughs> oh, of all the taxes? Yeah. God. And there's so many rules and there's so I many hate forms and, and there's so many fees and things that need done. It's like, man, thousands. God, people think it's like, you can be your own boss. It's like, man, you're not your own boss. You have, you. everyone has someone to answer to. I, and we well, have to answer to the government. I don't know if I like fully agree with that. You That's have how to, I feel. 
You have to like. That's uh, just how I feel. <laughs> answer to the government. I do think that it's way like overregulated. Now we'll say this though. I mean, America is the best place to grow a business. It's like the land of the free. It's super capitalistic. I love it. I feel very blessed to be in America. Mm-hmm. I am very um, patriotic. Uh, you could say that I'm a nationalist. I take a lot of pride inside of my country, and I do believe it is is the best country to be in. I mean, I subscribe to that, man. I'm n- number one, America, on top. Let's go. Um, but I do think that there are some like flaws with like taxes and demanding so much of sales tax and payroll tax and then, you know, fees for LLCs and all of that. And I do, I do think it's very hard. It's gotten easier. Like taxes have actually gotten gone down for us um, with like some policy changes. But you know, if you want to grow, like truly like grow like economically inside of an area, I feel like there can be some type of like five year grace period. Because mm-hmm. I think the reason why most people fail in the first five years um, and this is coming from, we have a 10 year old business, but you know, the coffee shop's two years old right. and we're doing good. We have experience in that, but it's very difficult, man. I'll be honest with you. Like there's a lot of things that could happen. And what if a big fire happens? What if other things happen? Um, I think the biggest mistake that most people, most people make is like not having your accounting in order. Mm-hmm. But then if you add up all of the fees and the taxes that are extracted from you and go to your state and your, in your county, and then also, um, the government itself, like you're talking, uh, in, in our case, you know, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000. Like, this is, like, crazy, ridiculous numbers. I don't understand, like, why, you know, that is the case and why we're paying that much. And the deal is, is that if they really wanted to grow economically, I think there's a way of, like, restructuring how, like, businesses pay in taxes to give, uh, a, like, a like a start, you know? Like, yeah. a, like a clean start. Like a grant of some kind? I don't know if it could be a grant, but it could be, we're going to waive like your payroll taxes, because we want you to employ more people. That'd be great. And for the first five years of you being in business or say whatever amount it is, like you're not going to have to pay on your payroll taxes. We're mm-hmm. g- we're going to have that. And uh, that itself would, would free up um, five $6,000 a month. And wow. then imagine how much money we could save and secure ourselves and, and put into other things and, and grow and, and hire more people. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's so many regulations. Like I don't, I don't want to hire anybody else. Like I don't want to go through the hassle of it. And then when you get into like the insurance for like workman's comp and then all these other things, like I don't, I'm not motivated to be an employer. Like oh, I, know. I love providing job. You know what? Screw that. I don't love it. Like it's very hard and it's so much more I complicated than concept of it. Yeah. Like you're responsible for these guys having a living. I, sure. That's like fine, but I'm definitely not romantic about it anymore. Like I've had people, I've had people that would just, quit and then file for unemployment and they were just terrible people that would do that and mm-hmm. i'm thinking so number one um that's happened then we've also fired people that were just terrible to us like they they weren't working properly they were, weren't showing up on time they had a really bad attitude they get fired and then we get a, like this appeal we get this letter in the mail saying they filed for unemployment um, you know, and then we have to go through this whole process of that. And like, we have to pay and like, and it, it might've gone to where we would have had to pay them for wages mm-hmm. when they were a crap person and did that. How, like and that's, a crap employee. Yeah. Like, you know, why in the world would anyone want to like, that's the reason I don't want to start like 20 coffee shops. Oh yeah. Like it's just I don't want to employ, I don't want to employ that many people. I like my team at Fernway. Like they run they produce this podcast and they work on all the productions and it's a creative team. It's, it's a different, um, 
I don't like saying quality of people because I think we no. have great quality. It's like a different type of work. It's a different it's a different working environment. It's totally yeah. different than pulling shots and, and washing dishes and clearing tables and making chicken salad. Yeah. It's totally different. Yeah, I don't know. Like I have some really great people with Martin Coffee House I love to death and they're just their heart is in it and they work so fast and we give them employee of the month and yeah. we promote them and give them raises and I love that. But um you know, when you're working on your business and like when you're when you're trying to really like digest like what's really happening, like where are all the numbers going? Mm-hmm. Like where's the money going? Mm-hmm. What what what's the employee morale? Like what's happening? Um, you're gonna find so many problems that are normally a lack of structure mm-hmm. and communication. I think so. I think if someone wanted to work on their business on their business and they didn't really know where to start, what would you say would be the first place that they needed to cost analysis? Yeah. Like I know this is some like sometimes in the weed for people, in the weeds for people. But this is a this if you ab- don't have that though, like that's number one. Hey man, like this applies to photographers too. Like there's a lot of photographers out there. Um, we talk about like self-worth mm-hmm. and, and knowing what your product is. So you can apply this in a couple of different ways. Number one, if you're an independent uh, creative mm-hmm. that is getting to the marketplace, that's looking to like grow inside of like senior photography, portraiture, weddings, whatever, you have to like give yourself a dollar value. Mm-hmm. And while you're starting out, you can be 500 to $1,000 lower than people around you but it should be healthy it should be you know 20 20 dollars an hour maybe right. i don't know something like that they say okay i'm going to shoot i'm going to edit i'm going to plan i'm going to prep right and then you can go when into yeah you have you gas and all of that and so when you evaluate all that is so i might i might have a three thousand dollar wedding package but you know i have sixty thousand dollars worth of gear then i have insurance then I have a, a an office that I'm renting out. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, we're in the top part of Martin Coffee House, so like I pay rent to Martin Coffee House, um, or whatever. You know, you have you have your overhead, mm-hmm. then you have your employees, then you have your taxes, then you have your time, mm-hmm. then you have your replacement gear. So the, all these things really yeah, for add depreciation. up. depreciation. Then you have your insurance on your like rate. We just bought a new RAID drive. It basically is a it's like a redundancy inside of saving all of your files. So like it would be nearly impossible for us to lose any data because of this really no you're not challenge nearly impossible challenge accepted i'm sorry i'll stay out of the office no (laughs) (laughs) it's just this like really expensive um um like storage device that allows you to save files across four separate drives that if one drive goes out it can repopulate everything and you don't lose it so like you're talking about time research education all of these massive things and then you're saying okay three thousand dollars how much do I actually get to take home? How much is actually mine? And then I got taxes on that crap too, mm-hmm. don't I? Because yeah. that's a different thing. And then I have all this stuff. And then it's like, well, you know, wedding season goes up and down and you know, we have seasons, so I have to save that money. So, so you, you have know. to cover for your winter month yeah. or whatever month is low. Yeah, so then now we go into like coffee shop, right? So now you got to go into, okay, I have espresso. I have my flavor. I have my cup i have my lid i have my sleeve i have, I have my overhead ink for my sleeve yeah um well what are you talking if you're about? stamping oh we just say i'm gonna buy a new stamp okay well every time you buy a new stamp well that's got to come from somewhere and that's going to cut into your drink yeah then you have your expiration on all of your equipment too so it's like this is an enormous amount of things and there's lots of online formulas to help you figure all this stuff out there's lots of like basic uh percentages that show you that but you know just jumping into it 
and and not checking this, you will sell yourself out of business. Yeah. Oh, but my competition sells a caramel macchiato for five dollars. I'm gonna sell it for two. No. You'll be out of business in six months. It's like that scene from The Office whenever the Michael Scott oh. company is there at the accountant and the accountant says, your prices are, are putting you out of business. And Michael says, our prices are the only thing keeping us in business. He says, no, they're putting you out of business. And he says, can you crunch those numbers again? And he goes, crunch. Like. And they all say, did it help? And it didn't. This episode of Act Natural is sponsored by Martin Coffee House. Martin Coffee House is a great coffee shop located in downtown Martin, Tennessee. They have a array of fair trade organic drinks and beverages, fresh squeezed lemonade, pastries by Lindell Street Bakery. What? Located in the same building. We're talking chicken salad. We're talking wraps. We're talking muffins. We're talking cupcakes, y'all. Ooh, cupcakes. Very sweet, very nice, very little, very big. Everything is baked here in-house. Fresh daily. Baked fresh all the time, every day. Make our own icing. Mm-hmm. We make everything. We love it. We own it. Y'all are not going to believe this fair trade organic coffee. When I say I did not drink black coffee before I tried this coffee, I am being for real. And right now we have a shelf full of really great whole bean coffee. Bible Belt is my new favorite blend right now. Mary Me Dolly is mine and it's super great. Mary Me Dolly is yours? Yeah, I like it a lot. This is still an ad. This is a really great time to come and try our whole bean. It's so good. Come check it out. Come see why we were voted as one of the top six coffee and brunch places in Tennessee by the Department of Tourism in Tennessee. Come see us today. Now, back to your regular programming. So, like, that's a great example, uh, a comedic example of that, except hopefully more people have seen that. That is the exact thing that is happening with most people, mm-hmm. whether it be any type of field, creative or non. Like, well, what would you say to the person who who wants to who wants to offer a service in an area where, frankly, people are just have lower prices, and and how do they how do they compete with that if they know that their overhead is higher? Uh, should you get into business? Okay. Like number one, like the deal is is. Um, you know, it costs what it costs. So if you ha- you have to cover your expenses, you can't be like, well, uh, you know, I can't do that because no one's going to buy it. Maybe you shouldn't sell it, number one. And then number two, they normally they will buy it. Like, I mean, our prices are competitively priced. We include sales tax and everything, so it makes it feel um, like more of a deal when they're buying things. But ours ours are priced in a w- at the percentages of, of profitability that we need them to be. I just think one thing that you could do would be to offer more service in some way and whether that if we're talking about with photography or if we're talking about like um, a Promay Fox project or something you can serve them more and that's going to take up some time but I think just upping your level of service whether well, it's I don't know. email I, or something yeah I mean I agree with I like, think just those kind of little things could put you over the top well it's just like you know inside the office like they all they're a whole big thing of you know wanting them to switch to that paper company as their their personal you can call me at Midnight. Here's a key to my house. Dwight says, "You know, you can come to my house anytime." Andy Bernard. This is a key to, to my, my house. house. That's right. So good. Well, I mean, that's that's the whole concept, right? We got to fight against the big corporate giants. What do we do? We we provide more customer care, but on a more like fundamental, uh, on a more like rudimentary level, even it is about covering your cost yeah. and allowing yourself to budget for for waste. Um, if you're going into like more of a restaurant, I really loved having these different types of businesses 
because the principles are all the same, mm-hmm. but they're dramatically different. Yeah, the Holy outcome is very different. Holy crap. Like, example, number one, soybean week. Last week, September 7th. September 1 to September 7th. 7 was um, normally the biggest day of the year that we have. This year is Labor Day. We did more on Labor Day than we did on the last day of soybean, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. Uh, but on that day of September 7th, we also had three weddings that we shot. Talk about exhausted. I have like these body pains. If anyone's ever experienced this, like my whole body aches, been aching for like two days. I'm touching my arm right now. It hurts. I don't know what's going on. I might be dying. I think I'm just so exhausted. I'm not a weak person, I swear. I need to go running or something. That was a sidetrack. But, you know, we had three weddings on that day. So, you know. Three wedding packages. Three wedding packages. So let's talk about this. <laughs> Those three wedding packages made more than the coffee shop is going to make in six months. It's true. Okay. Because, like, the coffee shop is profitable. Like, we're, we're, we're way past, like, most people that have numbers in Nashville that open up their books to us. Like, it's really big. But we're talking about wedding packages. We're talking about media production, like very highly technical skilled, creative jobs that require enormous amounts of like education on. Yeah. Schooling and everything. So for the longest time, I was completely caught up in Martin Coffee House. All I thought about was Martin Coffee House. Everything was Martin Coffee House. The product is right there in front of you. I mean, you can't help it. You walk in and the place smells like cinnamon rolls all the time. It's amazing. And you just want to invest in it. I do invest in it. That's the thing. You want to invest. You want to invest your time. You want to invest new ideas. And you want to keep working on your business. And next thing you know, it has completely dominated It's kind of a weird thing, Courtney. Like the situation that we're in. Because I believe that Martin Coffee House, for me, is working... um, like in it, like I am pulling shots and, and doing espresso, like, mm-hmm. and even all of the development that we have had, it really takes on the same, um, like it's still an umbrella. Anything that I do with Mark coffee house is I'm working in it. Am I saying that right? Because it's not like doing the data of it. It's not looking at the analytics. Correct. Yeah. So because when you look at the contrast with Fox weddings, which is really what I should be focusing everything on, that is working on structure. That's working on money. That's working on building up investment. So even though both businesses need to be worked on and in, really, every moment I spend on Martin Coffee House, I'm not really working on the things I should be working on. I have to let that go. I have to give it to somebody else inside of our immediate team and devote everything to this podcast, mm-hmm. into Fox Weddings, Black Wedding Journal, and Frontway Fox. Mm-hmm. That is everything. And, uh, well, that's just my situation. I don't know if that's... uh, I don't know if that applies to anyone, but that's just what we're going through. (laughs) Uh, But uh, what about these people who say, you know, I understand the value of working on my business, but I want to do... I just want to be in it. I just want to work 40 hours in my business as a side-by-side with my staff. I just don't think... That's great. Do that. But I just don't think that it's, uh, it's not sustainable, right? Like... There's a lot of these diners, these mom and pop shops that um, have no idea what their numbers are. Um, they don't know. They're not weighing anything. They don't have waste logs. They don't, you know, you don't have to have an enormous amount of data, but you do have to have functional data, like mm-hmm. data that you can interpret that can influence decisions that you know where you stand at the end of every month. And um, I've talked to a lot of them. They don't even have online banking. They don't do anything through QuickBooks or anything. I'm like, I'm just shocked. Like, how, what are you doing, man? I take like, the money and I put it in an envelope. I put it in a bag. I, I put it in a bag and it's got a little lock on it. And I walk it on over there in the bank and I deposit it. Sometimes I have to borrow a little bit and then I have to put a little bit back. And that's about it. 
And that's my that's my shop and I come in every day except for Sunday. Anyway, like I don't I don't know how they're surviving. I don't I don't know how you live Honestly, with that. Honestly, their certainty. labor must be great because they're no. St- well, you got not paying themselves. They're not paying themselves. That's ridiculous. They're like they're eating up. They're eating all their profit, like themselves, and then they're just. I, I don't know. I, what a, I love mom and pop shops. There's like it a just, bunch of them. It's but all different. It's all, it just. Not everybody has to build an empire. No. Not everybody should learn how to scale everything. But no. I look at every single thing that we do, all the energy that we expel. And I think, you know, how can I leave this? <laughs> how can I give it to some? No, think about this. Yeah, I, there have been projects where you're like, I'm going to grow that and then I'm going to leave that. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> just started it i'm gonna start that and then i'm gonna like give that to now, someone else the biggest way to see your value is to leave it and see all the chaos that happens behind you that's true okay so if you're leaving something and then nothing really happens and you're not needed so i'm just saying that like <laughs> that's a good one point. person i was working with a nonprofit and they were trying to establish value they i was asking them to establish their value and, and in other words i was saying yes what does what do your services provide what do you mean? I said, well, what do you, what do you do? It's like, well, we do this, this, and this. Okay. Okay. What happens if you don't exist? Well, um, I guess it just keeps going. Like, well, what the crap? How am I supposed to build a film off of this? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, if you don't know, like what problem that you're solving, then you shouldn't be in, you shouldn't be in existence, not, not as an individual, the business itself. I asked someone the other day, it was a, it was a business call uh, for a project, and I was getting a list of questions to build a film. And so what makes your business different and special in your field? Like, what makes it different than, the, than your competitors? And I said, no, not really much. <laughs> I'm going to give you some time to work on that. Like, obviously, like, we help do these types of films, and we help develop value, and we evaluate what businesses are and try to establish those those bullet points for people. But on a nonprofit level, I was really shocked. Yeah. So I was thinking like, okay, so then why are you even working with this? Like why does this even exist? Like why is this started? If you if you if what you're doing like ends tomorrow, there should be a massive gap. Um, otherwise you're not doing your job. Otherwise it shouldn't even be there anymore. Mm-hmm. And with businesses it's like if Martin Coffee House left Barton, like there would be a massive gap. There is value that we have established, that we have given to people, that they support us. I like to over think th- so. Th- I know so. Like over a thousand. I know so because on Sundays, you'll see cars pull up and then drive away real fast. Aggressively. They're like pulling on the door and I'm like. Um, Lose, obviously. I'm sorry, we're closed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when you think about working on and in, a lot of it goes back to that spine and a lot of it goes back to saying, you know, am I fulfilling, am I filling in a niche here? Is there a gap in the market that I'm giving value for? If I don't exist, what is left? Um, how can I like better communication between like my clients and my customers and really working on a foundation of, of data? You need cost analysis. You need like reevaluating like the reviews that you have mm-hmm. in every part of your business. Otherwise, you're just a busy bee, you know, like you've heard that you will see uh, one benefit of working in your business is uh, you get to look at the work from your staff's point of view, which is nice. It's like, oh, dang, we do need a new system for paper towels, you know, or whatever it is. Um, But I I appreciate that that aspect of of pulling a shift and, and working side by side someone. 
I just I think you can get into a trap and then you find yourself 30 years later and you've not really grown much. Yeah, someone you've not will progressed say, that much. I can't leave. Well, I can't go. Why, why would you ever no, start something that you can't leave? My like, dad that drives has me crazy. A friend. My dad has a friend. She would never listen to this podcast because she doesn't even know about it. She's a florist. She missed her um, her daughter's birth of her baby. Like, it's her first grandchild, and, like, she hasn't gone down there to see it because she can't leave her flower shop in PA. That's crazy to me. I know. It's, like, like it's her only grandbaby over in um Now, Alabama I will say, a big reason for that is, 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 like, trust with people. A lot of times, like, I it, get it, but hey, it's very hard to find people. Like, I will give you that. She can't afford to shut up the shop because then she's going to lose sales, right? But it's, like, but you got to figure out something because that grandbaby is changing hourly, and she hasn't gone to see her because she can't get off work. I constantly am evaluating if I stepped away from Martin Coffee House, what would happen? And I've not been on the production clock in a very long time. Like I worked through soybean because we had two people quit right before soybean. I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> Piece of crap. What? Um, no. I'm don't. very mad at that. Okay. One of those situations was unavoidable. Sure. And the other one is a no show and they can learn a little something about how to be professional in the work environment and call, answer a text message so we don't send you out for a missing person report. But the other person, unavoidable. That's fine. Okay. The the deal is, is that (laughs) I constantly think of like stepping away, stepping away, stepping away. And that really has grown us to have more time. You know, I don't, I don't, why would you ever start something that you're completely tied to, that you're demanded of? I don't think people think about it that way. I think they just think, I want to run a lemonade stand. And then it's like, and I'm just going to make a lemonade all day. Sell it for 50 cents. I'm going to make it all day. And then they don't think about like, well, what if, what if I get the flu? Or what if my sister is getting married? Uh, Am I going to close up shop? I I think that they think I'm going to close up shop. I think that's what small town... Or like small businesses think it's like uh, no, they do that. The like town I've will seen be that. forgiving, and, and it'll put up a little sign that says "closed for flu" or "closed well, closed for vacation." Yeah, like that's crazy. Out of town, be back in August. That's crazy. Like I, I think don't, that's what happens. I don't get it. Like I don't understand. Like why are but, you in business? But, but what about this? But do they have to be? Op- what if they don't want to be open? What if they just like they don't want to do it? I just They're don't like, I don't want to pay for the product. I don't want to. I don't want to pay for the materials, and then I don't want to pay for the labor to push those materials. It's too much work for the slow months, so we're just going to close up. That's when someone like us comes in and just dominates all of it. Like, because the deal is, is that when you have professionalism, when you show up day in and day out, when you're there in the slow and the highs, when you measure everything out and you save for the bad times, and you have consistency across the board, it's extremely hard to beat that. Because the motive is to give value to people. And yeah, like some months are very slow with Martin Coffee House, but we've grown it to the point where the bottom lines are always covered and there might not be a lot of thriving in those months, but there is profitability. And that's because we've committed. And the people respond to that commitment that we have and they commit to us. And if you're constantly thinking about, I always have to be there. If I get sick, then I close. Then that business, I just, I don't think I get that it. that's even worth being around. Now, people just do it. They do it. And I like, love those people who came to us in the snowpocalypse. Like roads, like people couldn't drive, like that kind of thing. And they walked to us. We were open. No, barefoot. And they were like, y'all are open. And we're like, we're here for you. Yeah. We're here for you, Martin, Tennessee. I don't know why I did that voice because I don't think anyone on the staff talks that way. But we were here for our city. Yeah. It was nice. 
I think we need to quit bragging on ourselves. I think we sound really terrible. Bragging on ourselves? I don't think we. I don't think that I'm we are. I'm proud of our work, but I, I think we sound kind of like boasty. No, it's not about that. It's about like the separation between a commitment to to people and not. It's not about just us. It's like there's lots of professional businesses out there that that do that. Yeah. But we've been talking about um, to give like a little bit of a recap and be on topic. Bring it back. <laughs> Uh, talking about working working in and then working on your business and that there is a balance between both and it requires both but if you do not like reevaluate where you're at then you will just continue to stay at your certain level like right now last year we doubled in sales so from like 2018 to 2019 we literally grew our business by 50 percent and that's great and like on this next um like year that's coming around I don't anticipate growing it by 50%, but I do by 15 or so. Mm-hmm. And and then I have plans for, you know, 2021 um, about what we want to accomplish then. And then I'm also trying to reevaluate and saying, okay, what do we want to, like, as a whole, like, what do I want Martin Coffee House to do in the Where's next 10 years? Where's our spine? Yeah, and our spine for Martin Coffee House is I want Martin Coffee House with retail and roasting, which roasting is very much um, a, a passion, like, that I'm getting into. I want it to generate a million dollars a year. And I want 10% to be given to um, a minimum of 10% to be given towards literacy projects in Nepal. I want $100,000 donated every year. With that, I will be able to do um, an enormous amount of literacy projects in Kenya and Nepal. Um, school, not only just school desks and basic school supplies, but libraries, mm-hmm. which we've already built our first one on our way to our second. But really, um, a school. I want to build a school. And right now, with our current production, you know, we're, I mean, we're at, not that much, man. Like we're, we've done a 15, we're working on a $15,000 project right now. Um, you know, we'll do, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to do $40,000 in donations. Um, I'm really trying this, but if I'm going to do the future, then it's going to be roasting and it's going to be saying to people, hey, join me inside of building libraries in Nepal, consume fair trade organic coffee, mm-hmm. and then you'll be a part of our Coffee for Literacy program. And that's really what I want. And what it requires is it requires a complete rehaul of everything. Mm-hmm. This whole business model, this whole everything. Demoing our building. Redoing what? all of it. And I don't know how fast we can do that. And it might take us a few years. I really think it, it's going to take it's, us a few years. It's going to take us some time. But we spent some really good brainstorming time this morning with the team and, and working on some of those ideas. And that's, that's what it means to reevaluate mm-hmm. and look at, hey, this is going to last for 10, 20, 30 years. What are we trying to do with our lives? What, what is this business what actually accomplishing? Want? Yeah. And, and that's what I want it to accomplish. I want it to do that. Um, and I feel like I can do that if I can focus on it like that. But yeah, that's what it means to work on and in your business, not being a busy bee, evaluating everything around you and making sure that everything is productive and efficient. That way you don't get trapped and not being able to leave what you have started to go start something else or to just go to New Zealand and have a good time. See the hobbits. Yeah, just do it that way. This has been Act Natural with John and Courtney. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.